0: just because we have some openings or availability in our time does not mean that the time is available for other people and i think we have to be very clear on what we need in order to feel well so that we know what to ask for or basically what what boundaries to set <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Are you a people pleaser and have trouble saying no? Do you feel tortured by the idea of somebody not actually liking you? If so, then you are going to love today's episode. We're going to be talking all about how to overcome people pleasing. And I have a very special guest this week to help us to navigate that. Tiffany Hall. L.M.F.T. is a licensed psychotherapist, emotional wellness coach, consultant, and writer specializing in trauma healing and relationships. She works primarily with Black and brown women to find their voice and to learn how to love themselves more. Tiffany, this is going to be a jam-packed episode. I can already feel it in my bones. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. Tiffany, how are you? I'm great. Thank you, Trudy. I'm really happy to be here. I'm so honored to have you here. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of women right now who need help with overcoming people pleasing, present company included. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm still working on it myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure you have a lot of gold nuggets to share. Um, But Tiffany, if someone hasn't heard about you or if this is their first time hearing about you, can you just give us a little bit of a background about you and what it is that you do?
0: Yeah. So I have been a practicing psychotherapist since 2012. Um, I started out working um, in community mental health. I actually was a therapist in um, an HIV AIDS uh, clinic and I worked there for six years. And then I started working privately, seeing uh, clients in my, my psychotherapy practice where I mostly work with women and, and a lot of what I've seen is in my practice over the years is this pattern of women who are very ambitious and very high achieving, but have a tendency to overfunction and try to earn their worth by doing. And Mm -hmm. I recognize a lot of that in myself. Um, I think that's part of what, you know, led me to this field. You know, a lot of us healers and helpers are also people who have wounds that, you know, we've been working on and we are trying to pay it forward and help others do the same. And so, through going through my own healing journey, I was like, there has to be a different way to, to show up in the world because this doesn't feel like it's working. I kind of found that I had accomplished a lot, but it didn't feel uh, fulfilling for me. And I kind of felt like I was constantly pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, but didn't really feel like I was getting a lot back. And so um, as I learned sort of kind of what that was and what was motivating it, um, I really started focusing on trying to help, you know, other women do the same.
1: Mm, I love that. And, you know, you're so right. I think a lot of us that are in like the, the healing space or in the wellness space, even myself included in that, I think it's, it's as a result of challenges or situations that we've overcome ourselves. And we were actually just chatting about that before we hit record on the podcast. So I think it's just so powerful when we come from that place of, you know what, Hey, this is some of the stuff that I've been through. Here's how I've worked through it. And then just pass, you know, paying that forward in order to help other people as well. So I commend you and I acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into it, Tiffany. Let's talk about people-pleasing. So I've heard you say that there's a fine line between being kind and people-pleasing and that it can be really easy to confuse one for the other. So can you explain the difference between you know being kind and people-pleasing? Yes,
0: yeah, so so being kind is, is, is part of being good-natured and wanting to good-do things. I think most of us strive to be that or practice kindness. Um, but people-pleasing is more so trying to manipulate the perceptions of other people by doing good. And so it's not so much about wanting to do good. It's also about wanting to do good. So people will actually like you, accept you or view you in a certain light.
1: Mm, Interesting. Okay. So are like, what are some common themes that you see with people pleasing when it comes to your clients? Like, are there different types of people pleasing behaviors?
0: Oh, yeah. And and it really starts um, at home. Um, A lot of people that I work with who are people pleasers kind of grew up in households where they had to sort of either uh, grow up really quickly and, you know, take care of siblings or take care of a parent who maybe, um, you know, was chronically ill or just not able to show up all of the time. And so they learned from a young age that their needs aren't, don't have as much value as as others. And so that ends up showing up in different areas of life. So a lot of the people I work with have a hard time basically um balancing their own expectations versus that of say like their parents. Um then that can affect what jobs they take or what partners they have and even um you know what um where they decide to live. You know, so not being able to have a healthy sense of self and trying to create a life based on what other people expect from you um, ends up really being a hindrance.
1: Mm, So interesting. Okay so why do people get stuck in these people-pleasing behaviors, Tiffany?
0: Well, a lot of it is because this behavior is awarded and I think um, rewarded, I think especially for women, because we're taught from the time that we're, for little girls, that we are supposed to be of service, you know, taking care of little dolls and taking care of siblings. And we learn to derive a sense of self-worth from that, from caring for others and doing. So on one hand, People tend to build an identity around that, around being a caregiver. But at the same time, too, I think there's a certain, um, there's a certain sort of belief that doing more and and being self-sacrificing makes someone a good person. Um, And I even think even about in some religious practices that is considered to be a virtue. And so people, they feel like if I overwhelm myself, if even thinking about overworking themselves, then I will be rewarded for that because that means that I'm a good person, you know? So there's all these very mixed toxic messaging around, you know, over-functioning and really not having healthy boundaries to protect ourselves.
1: Mm. Okay. So do you think that people pleasing is something, and I have a feeling I know your answer to this question, but do you think that people pleasing is something that affects Black women proportionately more than other women? What are your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, I would say in my experience, I don't know if it's more than other women, but I think from the way that Black women, we've been conditioned is that we tend to, I think, I think we tend to do it more and thus be negatively impacted by it more Um, because historically we've always been sort of like the caretakers of the world, you know, the, the mammies, you know, so to speak. And so that can sort of make us Sort of, I you know equate our our femininity or our womanhood with taking care of other people, being constantly self sacrificing, along with the whole strong black woman you know trope. We're thinking that I have to be strong and constantly be working and working and working and not complain about it.
1: Mm, I know that one, <laughs> mm. <laughs> right for sure. You know, and just thinking back, and I think. You know, when everything happened with Black Lives Matter during the pandemic, it actually really forced me to look at some of my previous jobs that I had and some of the previous careers that I had. And I used to Mm -hmm. work in an office for many, many years, like probably 14 years. I was working in the corporate setting before I now became a wellness expert. And I was just thinking back to a lot of situations and times in my life when I was working in corporate where I know for a fact I was doing a lot of people pleasing. And I wasn't necessarily able to see it at that time as I was living it. But definitely as I started to reflect back, I I definitely saw that as well. And I know that, you know, there was a reason why I was doing that. And it was because I wanted to prove myself. You know, it wasn't it was people pleasing, yes, but it was also because I wanted to prove myself and felt I had to prove myself that much more as a Black woman. Because very often in my company, I was like one of like, you know, two or three Black people, and definitely the only Black person in my department that I was working in. So I always felt I had to achieve more or put in more effort. So that I can almost like stand up against my peers and and prove my worth. Let's be, you know, let's be real.
0: That's a really good point, too. And I think, you know, I think about just how a lot of us grow up as, as Black women, as Black people thinking, and we're, we're taught from a young age that you have to work twice as hard to be able to obtain the um, same amount of success or close to the amount of success as, you know, white peers. And then when you're in a space that's predominantly white, it makes you feel like you have to work even harder to prove that, you know, you belong there. So again, there's in all these different areas of life, we're basically taught we have to constantly prove ourselves, work more, do more. And really there doesn't ever seem to be uh, a ceiling or like, or I don't know if it's a ceiling or a bottom. There's never seems to be a point where we say like, okay, I've done enough. I've mm-hmm. I finally proven myself. There's always going to be um, a moving of, of the goalposts in some way.
1: Mm, so true. So Tiffany, why do overachievers and perfectionists struggle to feel like they're enough?
0: I think a lot of it is because their achievements aren't necessarily about them um, and and doing it because it's fulfilling to them. Um, And I can speak for myself, you know, with this when I before I became a therapist, it was really important to me to obtain this sort of this sort of the successful life based on what. My my mother um, wanted, and my mom was a single mom, and she was raised me and my sister, and she did pretty well for herself. She didn't have a college degree, but she was able to provide a decent life for us. But she always kind of talked about you know, regretting not getting her education, not doing more for herself in terms of investing Mm. in herself. And over time, you know, I, I didn't really come to that sort of realization until I was much older and went through my own life experiences. But I think there was a time where I was starting to maybe repeat some of that, that pattern of, of doing a lot of things, but I was doing it more so to make her happy or to do what people, thought I was supposed to be doing to be the good kid. Um, And it didn't feel like it was fulfilling to me um, for a long time. Um, And I feel like when you are somebody who has a healthy sort of achievement uh, mindset, your achievements are more about doing things that bring you joy and give you fulfillment and not some more about sort of checking the box off, you know, um, or basically trying to hit all these different milestones that you think you're supposed to meet.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. So how was our self-worth tied to people-pleasing? Is there any connection there? I'm assuming yes, but in your opinion, is there a connection there? Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. I think a big part of it is, you know, when we learn how to say no to things, um, that takes a certain amount of, I think, self-worth because it's saying that I'm going to have to be okay with potentially disappointing someone. And people pleasers hate that. We hate letting people down, even if it means we have to make ourselves feel bad. Um, mm. And so I think if you have a healthy sense of who you are and you value your needs and you have good boundaries, then it's much easier to separate wanting to you know, please people with wanting to actually have a mutually fulfilling, respectful
1: relationship. Mm, that's so true. Okay. So You talked about like saying no, and I just touched on something for me because, with some of my clients I've been speaking to, they've been given a lot more workload now Mm -hmm. and they feel bad saying no, because it's like, well, I'm not really commuting the one hour I was going to work and I'm not commuting the one hour I was, you know, going home. So I guess I do have another two hours in my day. I could take on more tasks. I don't really want to, but I could. So how do we navigate those situations and what are some things we can say when we want to say no or push back, but we find it hard to do so?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think to that example, just because, you know, just because we have some openings or availability in our time does not mean that the time is available for other people. And I think we have to be very clear on what we need in order to feel well so that we know what to ask for or basically what what boundaries to set. So in that instance, maybe saying I'm available from this time to this time. You know, and I know everybody's situation is different, and sometimes that's not going to work with with certain of uh, situations. But I think knowing for yourself what you have the capacity to do, and what realistically realistically you're able to do, I think make a big difference there.
1: Mm, I like that. Yeah, you know, and it all comes down to me to asking ourselves some questions, right? And I and I say this a lot with my clients. And I've said this many times before here on the podcast, like, when it comes to making any sort of changes in our life, or when it comes to a situation where we feel stuck, and we don't know how to move forward, you know, some of the things that we can do is just ask ourselves some really empowering questions to help us to come up with those solutions. So I like yeah. that you talked about that, and just asking the right questions, like, you know, like, what is it that I need, and you know, so on and so forth. So I think that's so important. And I don't think we often start enough to really check in with ourselves, to ask That's ourselves true. these things. So I think we all need to get better at that. Even myself, I need to get better at that too. I've gotten a lot better, but yeah, there's still some room to improve there for sure.
0: Yeah, I, and that's a good point too that I think a lot of us don't do that or don't do it often enough. And I think at least checking in with yourself once a day to kind of say like, hey, you know, how am I feeling right now? Am, am, am I feeling supported? Am I feeling nourished? Is there something that I feel like I need in order to, to get to, to feeling that way? Because I, I know sometimes life can move very fast, but we do have a relationship with ourselves. We have to nurture, just like all of our other relationships with other people.
1: Right. And you know, I used to, it used to be like the opposite with that. I would nurture all my other relationships first. And then whatever I had left over, whatever time I had left over, I would give to myself. Yeah, During the there. pandemic, girl, I flipped that on its head. And I was like, no, I got to give myself what I need first. And then everything else has to come afterwards because I was just running myself into the ground. I was of no use to anybody else. And I had to ask myself questions like, what are you, what is it that you're giving to others that you need to give to yourself?
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Because sometimes we, we can so easily give of our time and our resource to other people, but we can kind of second guess when asking for those things ourselves, because, you know, a lot of people pleasers don't want to feel like they're a burden to other people. They don't want to be an inconvenience. So a lot of times they won't ask for what they need because they don't want to rock the boat. But yeah. the consequence of that is that, you know, you end up hurting in silence, or you end up uh, burning yourself out even more trying to do more because you're not asking for the support that you need. So I think we have to be comfortable with being vulnerable
1: mm-hmm.
0: about not being okay, about not having all of the answers. Um, I know a lot of us like have learned to be very self-sufficient um, and don't want to have to rely on other people. And that's not realistic at all.
1: No. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think it even leaves us feeling resentful, too. Right. Like, oh, yeah, eventually all this people pleasing catches up to us. You say yes enough times to, you know, lots of different things. Then you just end up feeling resentful that you've said yes to all these things that you've given up your time so freely. And that resentment, it eats away at you. And then that leads to other things. Right then they yeah. come to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Resentment is a big thing because resentment yeah. often results from like unmet expectations and a lot of people pleasers because they don't express how they feel a lot or they don't ask for what they need. They end up feeling a lot of resentment because they haven't actually allowed anybody to meet those expectations. They haven't told them what they are.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always have to show people how to treat you.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: and that's something that I've definitely learned over the past couple of years um, myself as well. I think the pandemic is probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me, quite honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like that, that too. And I think a lot of folks, I think it allowed a lot of us to be able to kind of sit with ourselves and think about, you know, what what our, our priorities were, you know, what what our values were in a way that I think we never have before, um, it was such a unique time, and also I will say a very traumatic time in a lot of ways, too. But to be able to sit and figure out, okay, what do I want my life to look like now? Mm-hmm. That is such an important step to take. Um, and I think that you know, being able to value yourself is a really important part of being able to have healthy relationships with other people.
1: Mm, so true. So what are some benefits that you've seen with your clients, Tiffany, when people make this shift to overcoming these people-pleasing behaviors?
0: I think one of the things that really excites me is when people start saying they recognize certain patterns. They're like, oh, I I can understand now why I did that. And I understand, you know, why I've been sort of thinking the way that I have. Because a lot of times, you know, when we've been used to operating in a certain way for so long, it becomes our normal. So we don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's kind of how we always have been, what we always do. But I think when people start going through this, this period of transformation, learning how to really um, connect with themselves differently differently. um, It really does, I think, open up certain things. Um, You start looking at other relationships differently. You may start recognizing certain patterns like in your own families or just in your own, you know, family history. Um, And I think that can be, it can come with a lot of feelings um, because that may mean that certain relationships have to change. Um, And I think that's one of, I think the biggest challenges when it comes to doing this work, because Change is difficult, even even when it's leading to something healthier. Um, we tend to get comfortable in our familiar,
1: mm-hmm. even when our
0: familiar is dysfunctional and unhealthy. And so getting to a point where we can choose something different takes a lot of courage because we're having a step outside of our comfort zone.
1: Oh, so true, so true. So Tiffany, what are some resources that have helped you along the way or have helped you know some of your clients along the way to just you know overcoming people pleasing?
0: One of uh, I think there's a really good book, it's called um, Adults, I mean, it's Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, I think is a great way of kind of doing um, sort of a deep dive into the past to kind of figure out um, some of the, uh, the early childhood and to contribute to some of these behaviors. Um, also, there is a therapist by, uh, her name is Nadra Tawab, who has an Instagram page as well. She has a book called Set Boundaries, uh, Find Peace which I think is excellent and really talks a lot about boundaries and why they're important in and, and different ways they, you know, show up. Um, also, um, uh, I will be launching uh, something very special in the fall. I'm not sure when this will be released, um, but it's called the Black Girl Healing Academy. And it is a, a membership in which, and it's a, a space where we, people can come and um, have monthly uh, master classes to talk about relationships, healing from trauma, setting boundaries, and being able to find community and support. because I think one of the, the, the most important things when making a change in the way that we think and show up is having accountability. And having support. Um, it makes it a lot easier when you have those things. So doing things on our own, you know, usually results in in a lot of uh, challenges and disappointments. Um, and so the Black Healing Academy will hopefully be a place where people can get support on their healing journey.
1: Oh, I love the sound of that. And I would be happy to share that with my community once that is live and launched. So please let me know and keep me posted on that one so that I can share that and shout that from the rooftops for you.
0: (laughs) Yes. Thank
1: you so, so Tiffany, If someone is like stuck right now and they're they're thinking of a certain situation they're in, they're like, "Geez, like I really wish I could say no to this thing. I really wish I could just move past you know always saying yes to people and just feeling bad or feeling resentful about it like what is like one thing that someone can do like right now today to start overcoming these people pleasing behaviors
0: okay, so i the first thing is take a look at I want to say your your five closest relationships, people that you maybe spend the most time with. And I would encourage you to do a little bit of a self sort of inventory of those relationships. Um, how do they make you feel? You know, what do you feel are the benefits? And what do you feel are some of the drawbacks? Um, and this will kind of allow you to see, you know, what these relationships are contributing to your life, because we have to kind of figure out sort of why we choose to be in certain relationships. Um, a lot of times it could be history. It could be because they're family and everything, but really take stock of your relationships with the people who you're most closest to that can reveal a lot about who you are and also the type of people you choose to be in relationship with.
1: Mm. That is such a good tip. I'm going to be taking my inventory right after this. <laughs> you just brought some things up for me. <laughs> it may be a little uncomfortable, but I think yeah. it's, it's very necessary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I would ask you as a next step, like, how do we have those conversations with those people? But you need to book some time with Tiffany and Tiffany can tell you how to do that.
0: Yes, (laughs) I have a whole course on being able to have set boundaries and have these difficult conversations because I myself do not enjoy confrontation. And so I really want to help folks learn how to be comfortable with it because part of being able to set boundaries is to be able to have tough conversations. I think in really any sort of intimate relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I just have another question for you. Are there like certain occupations that you see of your clients where there tends to be more people pleasing than other types of occupations?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, You know, I mean, since I work with a lot of women um, and a lot of women are also uh, mothers, so I know it's not really an occupation per se. It is, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know i mean we don't get paid for it but you know it's a job yeah. um but i think a lot of people who are, are parents um uh, uh, mothers especially i think struggle because you know part of the role of being a mother is you know the shift is supposed to be um the ch- is to the child the child tends up being the focus and mom's needs end up taking a back seat and i think we feel like that's what we're supposed to do you know mm-hmm. um but i think we part of being to me um a good parent is showing, you know, my son that I can still care for him, but also have an identity outside of being his mother, um, having interest, having friends, so I can be happy and whole. And when I'm happy and whole, that means I'm a better mother to him, you know? So when we take care of ourselves as individuals, we're better sisters, moms, daughters, employees, so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. And I would think that when he sees that you're taking such good care of yourself, it also is an example for him on how he can treat himself and, you know, cultivate that relationship with himself as well.
0: Yeah. 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 And he's about to he's about to come in and bust in here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, come on, we got to play these video games. (laughs) Yes. But yes,
0: that is that is definitely spot on, because as parents, we are always modeling behavior for our kids.
1: Yeah. So true. So, Tiffany, I have one last question for you, and it's a question I ask all of my guests. And that is, what is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body?
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So, yoga is probably one of my favorite ways to take care of both my mind and body. I do that every morning um, before I start my day. But, you know, on a non-serious note, I really like unwinding with some good trashy reality TV just to kind of just take my brain offline because I do a lot of like heavy, like mental work. Mm. Um, So it's nice to kind of just check out a little bit.
1: And what trashy shows are you watching? Let me see if we're watching the same shows.
0: Uh, married at first
1: I, Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, maps. <laughs> yes,
0: I, I've I've watched like every season for like the past seven seasons. So yeah.
1: Oh man, Elijah one. That's all I have to say. <laughs> something
0: else, and I cannot believe him and Katina are still together.
1: Me neither. Me neither. And that rock, what?
0: <laughs> well, good luck to them, I guess. <laughs>
1: I love Murder Precise. I love Real Houses of Atlanta. People who listen yes. to this podcast know how much I love that show. Um, yeah, Dubai Marlo. is good too. Which one is good?
0: The um Dubai's franchise just started. I think that last started? week. Started?
1: Oh, yeah. okay. I gotta watch that because I saw the trailer for that. I think like last year, and I was like, when is this coming out? Okay, I gotta check that out then. Yeah, that, that looks one's like good. a good one. Yeah, you know, I, I, I agree with you with like watching like the trashy TV or like the reality TV. It's like such a great escape from your own life, when you can look at the mess that other people have gotten themselves into and almost like, you know, my life isn't that bad, you know, at least this is not happening. Right. And you get a good laugh. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love married at
1: first sight. That's awesome. So Tiffany, where can people find your amazing self? If they want to learn more about you, if they want to work with you, if they want to purchase your programs.
0: Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, This is Tiffany Renee, and you can find a link there in my bio that can take you to all of my various offerings and uh, services. And yeah, feel free to shoot me a DM and we can see what we can, we can do.
1: Awesome. Well, Tiffany, I want to thank you so much for stopping by the Mind Your Body show today. You've shared so much practical tips and advice on how we can overcome these people-pleasing tendencies and these behaviors, you know, where we can start right now. I thought that was a really great action step. So I want to thank you so much again for being here, because I feel like there's just a lot of women who are going through this right now with, you know, like they were taking on a lot of roles pre-pandemic, but definitely, you know, in the pandemic and post-pandemic, They have these additional roles and responsibilities and we're just doing more than ever before. And I think a lot of us kind of get stuck in this rut of just not wanting to say no. So I think this episode is super important. It's going to be so valuable for so many people. So thank you so much for being on the Mind Your Body Show.
0: Thank you so much, Trudy.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEStone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also, make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.